Welcome to Vlaric Changemakers, an original Vlaric podcast series. In this podcast, we learn from Vlaric alumni on how they live, learn and leap in these turbulent times. In this episode, Jonas de Koeman gives us insight on how his company Spot pivoted from a startup to scale-up and how it is changing the way marketing is done by creating engaging content. Get ready for an inspiring chat about entrepreneurship. My name is Jonas de Koeman. I'm a co-founder and CEO of Spots. Spot is a marketing technology software company helping marketeers to create better returns on their marketing strategy. We do that by turning every video and every image into an interactive experience, thus creating higher engagement, better conversion and more sales. We are an international company, so we've got clients from more than 100 countries. We've been selected in the past as the startup of the year in 2016, rising star at Deloitte Fast 50, scale up of the year in 2019. And this year we just got the news that we are selected as the young Belgian company of the year by the Belgian Association of Marketing. So exciting times, even though, of course, like so many companies, we certainly had to adopt to the COVID situation. That's great news, Jonas. And also a big congratulations. We've just learned that you've actually won the Young Belgian Company of the Year Award. Absolutely brilliant to see that. And a big congratulations from all of us at Vleric Changemakers. Let's start with round one. Short and sweet, five dilemmas. Zoom call or face-to-face? For me, everything depends on the context and the objective. So um, if it's about a creative meeting, uh, a co-creation meeting, if it's about sensitive HR topics, then certainly face-to-face. If it's a very functional call, quick update call, quick touch-in, then I prefer the efficiency of Zoom because you can very quickly deal with lots of different things. And overall, I do prefer a quick Zoom call than a long email. Stability or change? I certainly get more energy from change. I like to see things moving forward. I like to see things changing. I like to test different scenarios and see what scenario works best, gets the best results. With regards to stability, I do think in life you need to keep certain things stable so that you can change a lot, but keep the fundament stable so that there is some solidity when you're doing all these changes and when you're making all these tests. So overall change, but with the necessary stability as a foundation. Instagram or TikTok? Clear preference for TikTok. Reason being that TikTok is a natively built video platform. And as you know, the future of the internet is video. We are moving more and more into a video society and video will become a more dominant way to communicate versus text in the past and and images after text. Instagram is a natively built image platform. And so they are investing hard to move into video, but like my daughter that is experimenting on both platforms has a clear preference for TikTok because of the intuitive interface, the easiness to edit your own videos, to upload your videos, to create videos, etc. And let's not forget the research from Cisco, which predicts that by 2022, 82% of the internet protocol will be video, which implies that the internet is moving away from being a textual medium into becoming a visual medium. And if we want to keep the internet true to itself, being an interactive medium, we certainly need to think about turning all these video assets 
into interactive conversion opportunities. And so that also links back to the product spots. That's one of the reasons why spot becomes so relevant today, uh, because everybody is becoming a video producer and everybody is looking for ways to use video in its uh, marketing strategy to get more sales, to get more leads, to get more revenue. Creativity or analysis? Oh, that's a question. Right brain versus left brain. Um, the left brain being more analytical, the right brain being more creative. I get energy from the combination of the two. I do prefer the creative part. So if I do have to choose, I would say I would go for the right brain. I prefer to visualize things. I prefer to discover new things, to create new things. But I do believe that uh, you can never build, whether it's a good product, a good service or a good value proposition, you can never build any of those three without a solid analysis. So uh, that's where I think this symbiosis between the left brain and the right brain comes in, where the left brain does the the, the heavy lifting and the right brain that is creating the value, which is my preferred side of the brain is the right brain, the, the creative part of the brain. Business school or university of life? For me, university of life, I'm a fond believer of a growth mindset. Uh, and I believe if you have got this growth mindset that your whole life can be turned into a laboratory and you're actually being invited to experiment all the time in different circumstances. You can actually grab the opportunity to learn from each of these experiments, which gives you direct feedback. And so in that perspective, if you've got the right mindset, the University of Life is a tremendous learning opportunity. If you would like to structure things a bit more and you would like to put a turbo onto University for Life, I think business school is the perfect opportunity to give you the toolbox, the frameworks, in order to give you all the tools to turn your life into the University of Life. So uh, business school can be an accelerator, but it's certainly not a must. Jonas, when did you realize COVID would heavily impact our economy? And what was the starting point for you? I remember in January, my daughter, who just turned 10, uh, Roxanne, she needed to do a presentation for school. And so she was looking for topics. And I was actually interested in learning her the difference between bacteria and a virus. We chose together an article uh, which was about COVID. Uh, back then it was in China, it was early January. I think there were uh, less than 100 people who actually uh, died. And so uh, that was the first time that uh, I got to know in depth about COVID. And my daughter has been presenting this and she had to explain what exponential growth was, uh, which was something that she did not know before the task. Um, and a second anecdote is that Historically, we have some uh, big clients in Italy because of our partnership with Microsoft and the Italian Microsoft team is a true believer of our technology. Um, I remember coming back from ski holiday and getting the news from a couple of clients that they wanted to stop uh, the collaboration because they needed to focus because COVID hitting. Yeah, that was for me the second moment that I realized, wow, this is going to hit us hard. And then the third time was the... Uh, the announcement of the lockdown. We uh, we realized at that moment that COVID was going to change the way we do things, we do business. So we had a board the week after. And uh, on that meeting, we decided to um, close the office and to actually become a virtual team. That certainly had an impact on, let's say, how we work together as a team. Uh, that also had an impact on some clients that were putting things on hold or that were no longer continuing to sign the contract. So we did have to be agile and to listen to the feedback from the markets and not just close our eyes and do as if nothing was going to happen. So uh, that was certainly a wake-up call. Luckily, we have a team that is agile enough. Uh, it was clear from the beginning that this was not just a, a small virus that was going to pass by. It was clear that 
this virus was going to impact our reality for the coming months, years even. So how did Spot absorb all these shocks and what did you change? Are there things that you will keep business-wise? Being humble, listening to the markets and being very open and transparent in the communication to the team and to every stakeholder. The first decision we took was to close down the office and to become a virtual team. And of course, you need to link the necessary investments to this decision. So we've been investing in a platform called 15.5 in order to make sure we can feel the sentiment of every team member. We can actually link the work of everyone to the KPIs. Second decision we took in the mix of inbound sales and outbound sales and the recurring revenue that is linked to both, we saw that outbound sales were way more impacted because of COVID and inbound. Uh, what we saw was that the clients that were paying 5K a month, 10K a month, 15K a month, those were the clients that were deciding to put projects on hold or even to stop projects because they were very anxious about this uncertainty, these uncertain times, and they wanted to focus on the core things and innovation, or let's say at least spot is not yet part of their core strategy. So what we've seen is that we did not have such an impact on inbound sales, au contraire. We actually saw more uh, smaller tickets coming in because a lot of stores had to close and they were very dependent on e-commerce. And so a lot of smaller clients uh, suddenly have only one channel, which is the e-commerce channels. A lot of these clients are investing in digital contents. So they were looking for ways to increase the efficiency of their digital contents. The third thing uh, linked to this inbound uh, marketing strategy, that is that we saw that the return on advertising spent actually went up. The reason being is that the cost per click and the cost per thousand went down. And so we decided to invest extra in marketing. So we hired an expert in organic marketing. We hired two experts in paid media advertising. What we saw by that shift is that we had a lower cost of acquisition and a way more efficient funnel in uh, getting clients in. And the fourth point, that is that in the middle of May, we were contacted by a US company called AppSumo. And so AppSumo is a community in the US with more than 1.5 million innovators and early adopters. And we signed a contract to launch on the AppSumo platform on the 19th of August. That was for us a true step change uh, because before the 19th of August, we had clients, but those clients were mainly in Europe. But we had very few clients outside of these countries. Uh, we had uh, two clients in Canada, maybe four clients in the US, uh, but that's it. The biggest shift has not only been uh, from a cozy office and a startup office into a fully virtual team, uh, but also a strategic shift where inbound became way more uh, relevant. So Corona accelerated your international expansion and changed the way you interact with clients and colleagues. Talking about hire and finding the right people, how do you see the war for talent, Jonas? For me, the most important element is the mindset. What we actually test on and what we search for is people with the growth mindset, with a mindset that is open enough so that they don't limit themselves 
and they see themselves growing into certain directions. What I see that uh, in this war for talent, that next to the mindset, I can see that purpose becomes more and more important for the new generation. So being part of a greater story, being part of greater vision and actually helping realizing that vision, I can see that that becomes more and more important. So being able to create, co-create, have an impact, is, is very important for this group. So that's why uh, we as a company, we're also trying to prioritize uh, those two elements. And then next to that, we've got behaviors that we are looking for. Coachability is very important for us. Work ethic is also a very important one. So people that have demonstration of um, a certain kind of eagerness or a certain kind of habits that they've acquired. Thank you, Jonas. That's very clear. On the subject of growth, in 2019, Spot became Scale-Up of the Year, and now you've just won the Young Belgian Company of the Year award. How does that feel, and what is your secret to success? It's all about hard work, and like what these moments show is just the tip of the iceberg. You see the ice that is above the water, uh, but you do not see all the... The things below the water, right? Uh, frustrations, emotions, failure, tests, uh, wrong decisions. And of course, also good decisions are below. But like, I just want to say that it's not always uh, rosy and shiny. It's not always, those moments are not a representation of the reality. And if I would need to call out two extra things, it would be for me the concept of radical candor. It's something that I had to learn. I'm, as a person, I'm very averse to conflict. Uh, I try to avoid conflict. And that's something that I've had to learn the hard way. I've had to learn to be way more direct um, if I'm not agreeing. And then the second thing uh, that I would like to mention, which is also an aspect that we are working on and very conscious uh, about that spot, that is a trust pyramid. Uh, I think it's also called the Lencioni method. It starts with a foundation of trust, and it's only if you've got this foundation of trust. And that foundation of trust can only be generated if you find, let's say, this sweet spot between confidence but also humbleness so that people can be vulnerable because it's through this vulnerability that you can build the trust in a team. And so on top of the layer of trust, there is a kind of a safe environment to have this conflict, uh, which is the radical candor, which I mentioned before. It's the, It's a kind of creating the right kind of environment, the right kind of laboratory to experiment and to also experiment with conflict as a way to reach a certain goal. Um, and because this conflict is possible, uh, the level higher is a level of commitment. And because people can be so open, they will be way more committed to the ideas that they've been putting forward and the ideas that they've been fighting for almost, which results in accountability. So the level above commitment is accountability. And it's the trust, the conflict, the commitment and the accountability, which will together lead to the results. There is no secret ingredients. Uh, and it is certainly only the tip of the iceberg you see in these moments that are lots of things that are happening below the surface. All these things together in combination with the right mindset, the right team culture and this pyramid of trust, that would be for me the closest to a secret ingredient. After working in marketing at Unilever and Coca-Cola, Jonas leaped towards full-time entrepreneurship with Spot in 2015. Jonas is also the founding father of Ubridge, a non-profit that aims to empower changemakers from all over the world. Ubridge was my first experience as an entrepreneur. I had some health issues back in 2007. I was in the hospital for about three months and a half. After that difficult period, I started to question what am I doing with my life? At that moment, I was very happy at Unilever, 
But I felt that I was no longer true to my mission, which I had written out for myself. I wanted to give something back to the world, uh, which is why I wanted to revolutionize the concept of Plan International, where you could adopt one and you could actually write letters to this person. And I wanted to make this a digital process. Ubridge uh, is a platform or was a platform where we would inventorize change makers from all over the world. And you could decide to support one of these change makers by giving 50 euros or 100 euros. And then for every 200 euros, we sent over a laptop. And so you became the mentor of that change maker. It was actually thanks to Ubridge that I decided to jump from Coca-Cola and to become an entrepreneur. It's funny to see how everything is linked together and how actually Ubridge is part of the founding story of Spot. As a final note, if we ever turn Spot into a success, we are going to allocate part of whatever would come out into a non-profit. And that's also why as a team, we try to be very conscious about giving back to society and that we always keep this founding story in the back of our minds. Jonas, what do you think the future holds and do you see any trends that are important? How do we leap forward? The biggest trend we see in marketing, that is the shift away from push marketing into pull marketing. What we see is that the consumer is fed up being interrupted uh, with advertising, whether that interruption is on TV, in TV commercials, or whether that interruption is with display banners that are being blown into your face on digital. And marketeers and brands are aware. So they need to find new ways. And the new ways, I like to call them pull marketing techniques, uh, which implies that marketeers are trying to build the connection with their audience mainly to snackable bits of content that are uh, being published on uh, different platforms, publishers, etc. And they're trying to gain the trust uh, through these pieces of snackable content. Now, what we see is that the consumer is getting more and more power because the consumer actually can decide when to interact with these pieces of content. And marketeers are no longer only focusing on metrics like brand equity, brand awareness, but they're more and more often in a digital world also responsible for revenue. And so in that perspective, these marketeers, they want to convert these content experiences, which are working very well top of funnel, into full funnel experience, which implies that these snackable content pieces can actually convert people and to trigger sale, trigger leads, or trigger revenues. And that's why we are happy that uh, we are in this market today This market is growing as we speak. And of course, we see more and more competitors joining the landscape. But that's, for me, just a demonstration that we are onto something and that what we are building is relevant. As Spot uses a lot of big data, how do you see this evolution? And are AI and big data dangerous? AI and big data will help society move forward. AI and big data will help creating a kind of a collective brain, a collective genius, which will help us as a society moving forward. Of course, every progression has its downsides. And so we need to be aware of the downsides. And uh, for me, the downside is that AI is as smart or as dumb as those that have actually created the language. The biggest challenge in creating this new level of intelligence, that is that uh, we are very aware of how it's being built and how it's is reacting today and how it will react in the future. And um, if we are able as humanity to make sure 
that this language is being built objectively. We need to be very conscious there that we are not discriminating any group in society, any minority. If we are conscious about these uh, deficiencies in, uh, in the technology or let's say in, in, in how the technology, how AI is being written and how deep learning is being written, um, and if we also are aware of the need for data and, and sufficient data in order to train these deep learning algorithms, then I do think that both AI and big data is something positive that will actually help us move forward as a society. So um, as an entrepreneur, I'm positive about the role AI and big data will play in moving our society forward. How do you see the Valeric Business School? Valeric Business School is for me one of the best business schools in Europe. It's a business school with great values that starts from a very authentic place. It's a business school that gets best out of every student going through the program. What I love about being part of the Valeric Network is that it's a group of like-minded people linked to the advice that you sometimes need. Uh, the mental support, because do not forget that being an entrepreneur can be very lonely. And for me, it gives you, on the one hand, the tools and the frameworks you need to succeed in life, succeed in business. And next to that toolbox and those frameworks, it gives you a network that acts as a cushion so that if you ever need the advice, if you ever need uh, potentially the funding, if you ever need help, it's those small pieces of advice. Sometimes it's only a five minutes phone call, but you get an insight and it's that insight that makes or breaks uh, certain proposals or, or, or even sometimes your business. Thank you so much for this chat, Jonas. And again, congratulations with the award. And thank you for listening to this Vlaric Original Podcast. Please check out other episodes for more insights on how other Vlaric alumni live, learn and leap in these extraordinary times.